In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Christ is in our midst. He was, and is, and ever shall be. This morning's epistle is from St. Paul. And he is an epistle he wrote to the church in Ephesus, which is in Asia Minor. It was a great ancient city, with met, a very rich city, with a lot of things going on, very famous, a lot of culture. And in this town, it also had a very vibrant church, the church of Ephesus. But it's very interesting we hear about this church, because just a little bit before this gospel, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this uh, passage we have this morning... Uh, St. Paul remarks about the church in Ephesus and says that they are famous for their faith. And they're famous for their piety and their li- this life that they had with the Lord. Now, when you look just a few decades later, Ephesus is also mentioned again in the book of Revelations. And it says, uh, the, the angel is speaking to various churches in Asia Minor, the things that they are doing right, and the things where they have gone off a track. And the angel says to the church at Ephesus that, yes, you're a famous for your faith, but listen to what the angel says. You have lost your first love. So what's the difference between around the year 60 AD when, when Peter, St. Paul, is writing to this church and also in the late 80, 20 years later, 30 years later, what happened? We don't know what happened, but we can imagine what happened, that there was, they began with fervor and all of a sudden they got distracted and got off track in their spiritual life and started to see the worldly things as more important than the spiritual things and started worrying about the kingdom of the earth and their own ac- accumulation of of worldly things and neglected their life with God and the kingdom of heaven. Now, St. Paul saw this coming because this is what he says in this epistle today. He says, Brethren, I am a prisoner, I, a prisoner for the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all lowliness, meekness, with patience, forbearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and in the bond of peace. So if this church lost its first love, it means that this unity started to crack. And they not only started to forget God, but probably also forgot about each other and to take care of this important unity. This unity is so critical to a church. It's the third thing we pray for in the liturgy. We pray for the stability of the churches on earth and for the unity of all. This unity is between the churches and also between us and God. Now, when St. Paul says we need to walk worthily, we also get this call several times during our liturgy. When we say, Wisdom, arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. When, the, when we say wisdom, let us stand, we're the church, we're not, we're not being called to stand just bodily. We were called most especially to stand aright and to pay attention with our souls. 
We are called to open our hearts and our mind to pay attention so that the words we're going to hear are not just sound waves going in one ear and leaving out the other, but that these words are going to shape our hearts and direct our lives and help us preserve our dignity and to have our hearts be malleable to God's words and to God's acts and also to soften our hearts so we may be more attentive to God and to each other and to let this gospel cleanse us by letting this happen in our souls. It's very easy to lose track and to not pay attention and to give up our spiritual lives and to lose this great inheritance that we have as Christians that we are privileged to have that no one before Christianity, even those in the Old Testament, did not have. We speak about this inheritance. After we receive, you receive communion and you receive the body and blood of Christ, you've been forgiven of your sins, you have been made ready and stronger once again for your life in the kingdom of heaven. Do you know what the priest says? And I lift up the chalice. He says, O Lord, save your people and bless your inheritance. We're all heirs. We're all billionaires to be. Spiritual billionaires because this is what the kingdom of God is like. It is worth more than anything on, the, on this earth. Several times Jesus tells, tells parables where this person found uh, a coin. And, and, the, and, the, and the, this, pearl of great, this pearl of great price, I'm sorry, and it says that this person valued this so much that he sold everything he had in order to get this pearl of great price. This is an image of the kingdom. This is the true treasure. All the things that we have and accumulate in our lives, as you know well, will not go with us. When we have our, at our funerals, when we, have our, when we are in our caskets, I'm sorry to be a little... <laughs> a little morbid, but we're not going to pile all our stuff in us. We are being presented to the kingdom of heaven where our true life will begin. So we need to have a right perspective and have things in their proper order. Now we have this parable today of this rich man, this fool, however, who was super abundantly blessed. And however, he, he got this wealth, this wealth, be, rather than giving glory to God and sharing and distributing around him, he, this blessing became a temptation and he wanted to keep it all for himself. Now we need to understand the Old Testament idea of when, the, when these people are hearing this parable. Because the understanding in the Old Testament is that when you are following God's commandments, if you follow God's commandments, God will bless you. And if you don't follow God's commandments, God will not bless you. In fact, he will do the opposite of blessing you. This is what is on the mind when the people are hearing this parable. But Jesus is teaching something different. Now, this law, it is in the scriptures. It's in Deuteronomy. 
And it's where, Jesus, where God says he will bless the people like they follow the commandments. But that law was meant for babies. That law was meant for spiritual babies. For these Israelites that were just released from captivity in Egypt, they're wandering through the desert lost. They are hard-hearted. They are stiff-necked. They are stubborn. They are selfish. They are every man for himself. And God is trying to get these stubborn people and make them into his people. And so he gave this material blessing, this law, this law of Moses, in order to gather a people and to shape them and to teach them and to prepare them for all the things that God has in mind up to and culminating in the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ changes everything. Jesus Christ, as St. Paul said, made that law of Moses no longer as useful as for Christ himself. When we are Christians, we do not need to have promises of material reward in order to be obedient to God. We have Christ himself. He is our reward. He is our promise and he is our treasure. We do not need these things, these material benefits. Now there's a teaching out in the televangelist world, some of you may be aware of this, called the prosperity gospel. Have you heard of this? It says something like, um, if you follow God's commandments, you will be super blessed. Now think about this. Very popular today. This prosperity says, God, because he loves you, wants you to be healthy and wealthy. Now, what would an Orthodox Christian understand this prosperity gospel? What do you think? How, how would they see this? An Orthodox Christian would say, who understands his faith and knows, knows what we teach, will say that that's poppycock. It's a word I don't use very often. It is nonsense. The greatest answer the Orthodox Church to this prosperity gospel and why it is not the gospel is to look at one person, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ never taught the prosperity gospel. Jesus Christ never lived the prosperity gospel. Jesus Christ said, I have no place to lay my head. Jesus Christ suffered and went to the cross. And we can also look to the saints of our church who never taught nor lived the prosperity gospel. In fact, from the world's eyes, they lived the very opposite. There's a, a passage you read at All Saints where we, we could celebrate all the saints in the, in the vestibule before. And we, we read this passage from the Old Testament that says that God's saints looked as if they were cursed. But the saints understood that they had hit the lotto that they have found their treasure, and there's a treasure that with Christ in the heavenly kingdom was worth giving everything on earth, including their very lives and their comfort and their treasures and, their, and willing, even willing to undergo pain and embarrassment and humiliation because nothing was worth to them anything more than the kingdom of heaven and being with our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ. 
Here's a question when we think about this prosperity gospel that we can ask people. If following Jesus meant that you would be worse off financially, if you would, following Jesus meant that you would become sicker, if following Jesus meant that you would be, lose your freedom, would you still follow Jesus? The answers of the saints would be, yes, of course. But for us, is that the same? And when I say this to you, I'm also saying this to myself, because I too am a, uh, a Christian who is tempted. Would I give up all that I have to become a Christian and to follow our Lord? This is nothing to take for granted. This is our call. This is what St. Paul says, to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all lowliness and meekness, with patience and forbearing one another in love. Again, we say this often. How many people say, I will never go to church again because I have been insulted. I have not been noticed. I have not been recognized. It's too sunny outside. It's too nice of a day to come to church. It's too wet outside. It's too rainy to come to church. I have all these excuses. The Christian makes no excuses. The Christian has things in proper order that they have this, they notice they have this abundance of wealth and they give glory to God and they want to distribute and share this, this wealth and this, uh, that God has given us with the world around us.